Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to Wide Left Sports. Today I am joined by two-time Olympian Gene Foster. How are you doing today, Gene? I'm doing well, Mitch. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. It's super cool to have an Olympian on. You know, I mean, there's so few people that get to say they went to the Olympics to represent their country and you're one of those people and it's just super cool to have you on. Thank you. Yeah, so I wanted to start this out. You know, you went for shooting. One, how did you get started in that? And two, I know that there's different kinds of events for it. So what different events are there? I got started in shooting because both of my parents were rifle shooters. So my parents actually met at the um, Army Marksmanship Unit in 1966 in Fort Benning. And then my mom was training for a world championship team at the time. And my dad was on the team as well. Um, my dad is also a two-time Olympian. So my start into shooting was very different than a lot of people. The way was already kind of known to me and, and easily followed. Most people get their start through a JCBB gun program or, or Boy Scouts, some junior club somewhere in a local area. And I actually got my start more or less by hanging out with the best of the best at rifle ranges from the time I can remember because my dad was still competing. Um, so I started shooting when I was nine, didn't really care for it. And then I won a competition and I liked that. Then I beat my dad and I really liked that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I won a trip. I won the local junior Olympic championship and that got me a free trip to Colorado Springs for the National Junior Olympics. So that's how I got into traveling. And I discovered I, I liked that at that point. Um, but as far as the different events go in the Olympics, there used to be 17 different events made up between rifle, pistol, shotgun, and running target. Shooting is one of the oldest Olympic events, meaning it's been in the Olympics for more Olympics than many other sports, but they keep changing the events a little bit. So running target was the first to kind of be dropped off the shooting venue um, and they kept all the rest of them. And now they kind of manipulate the sports and like there used to be women's double trap as a shotgun event. And now they no longer have that, but they've added women's skeet. So there's different, <laughs> they just kind of keep messing with them. My event was women's three position, which is an outdoor event shot at 50 meters at a stationary target. It, we use a 22 long rifle. It's a single shot and accuracy is the goal. I also did compete in women's air rifle, but I just never made an Olympic team with it. Wow. That's really cool. And it's so cool to 
see that they've changed it a little bit and that it's the oldest sport. That's really cool to know too. Yeah. Yeah. And it used to be a co-ed sport in college. It still is a co-ed sport, but it used to be a co-ed sport in the Olympics until Margaret Murdoch, an American tied with Lanny Basham, another American for the gold medal in the 76 games. And that's when they discovered, look, women can do exactly what men do. Let's give them their own events. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So you mentioned college. I believe you went to Wake Forest for shooting. Am I correct with that? West Virginia University. West Virginia. Sorry. Mountaineers. <laughs> Go Mountaineers. Um, what was that like for you? You know, because going to school for shooting isn't something that a lot of people do. So what was that like? It was exciting and it was eye-opening. So in the state of Montana, there were junior events all across the state that I'd been competing in. And you see the same people all the time. And then when I made the national development team, you still kind of see the same people, but I was still doing well. And I didn't really have to be focused or trained all that well because the Mm -hmm. opportunities were provided to me. My dad was a referee or still competing. So I was at the competitions and use, you know, it it was easy for me. Mm -hmm. And um, when I went to college, I went on several recruiting trips and I decided I did not want to be, I didn't want to join a college team and be the best shooter on the team when I got there. Mm -hmm. So I went to West Virginia where everybody was already on the development team for the, or the national team and more or less became bottom of the pile. Um, another benefit West Virginia had at the time was that it, everybody traveled and competed. So you didn't have to make like the starter team or anything like that. Um, So I went to West Virginia and I worked my way up and I eventually, um, you know, at national champ NCAA championships, I was second in the three position event. And then I moved out to Colorado Springs and became a resident athlete at the Olympic training center and just kept improving from there. But college was really where I was able to train every day. Mm -hmm. And you have so many matches between collegiate matches and international matches and national team tryouts and everything that it's a, a year round thing. And it becomes just what you do. It's very mm-hmm. easy and competition is normal. Um, so that was kind of the first time I was able to do that because Bozeman tore their rifle range down early on in my shooting career. And I had to drive to big timber to train. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you mentioned the training facility in um, Colorado Springs and I've been to the ski one in um where is it? In Park City, Utah. Yep. Um, so what was it like to live there, one, and just be able to train at that facility? Because I'm sure it's top-notch, just like the one in um, Park City is. It is. So the only difference, is, so it's a 50-meter indoor range in Colorado Springs. And my event is an outdoor event, but being in Colorado, <laughs> you need the indoors every once in a while. So that was, that, it was nice to be able to shoot 50 meters to have access to a national team coach and actually um, several Olympians were still in the area working for a USA shooting the governing body so if you needed help 
you could always find somebody to take a look at your position or help you with your equipment, something like that. Um, I have to say that to me, being an Olympian, it didn't occur to me that being an Olympian was anything unique or surprising until after I made the 96 Olympic team and reporters started talking to me and asking me, how does it feel? Mm-hmm. But the way I grew up was I was surrounded by Olympians. Everybody I knew was an Olympian. So to me, it was never a big deal. It was just the next step. And right. I kind of took that to the Olympic Training Center with me. And it was just my next step to go from college to the Olympic Training Center and keep doing what I'd always been doing. No, that's that's true. And so what was it like for you when you did have that aha moment of, oh, God, I'm an Olympian? So actually, <laughs> I, I made the Olympic team in 96 on April Fool's Day. Oh, cool. And and I was not expected to make the Olympic team that year. For me, it was more to get the experience of the Olympic trials and just another competition at a high level. Um, And then it snowed for the first time in eons in Atlanta, where the tryouts were. And I was a fairly fast shooter. So I think that really helped me when it was so cold. Um, Plus the snow just was not a big deal to me. Right. You know, people, people freaked out driving to the range and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, it's like a quarter inch of snow. <laughs> and so it just, it didn't phase me at all. And I made the team and I called my sister. I think I called my parents first and they were just like, oh yeah, we knew we could, you could do it. And I called my sister and she asked me if it was an April Fool's Day joke. <laughs> of course (laughs) I know know. and in fact this year I was watching some of the Olympic tryouts and you know everybody's parents are there cheering them on and crying and hugging them and I looked at my parents and I was like what's wrong with you (laughs) I didn't get any of that if anything I was given a hard time (laughs) so yeah I think it's just different when your parents have done it also yeah. Yeah. So plus that's, oh, that's just my family. If you can <laughs> give somebody a hard time, give them a hard time. Awesome. So I went to an Olympic trial for speed skating down in Utah and it's pretty intense. What were your world championship, you know, um, Olympic trials like? Again, it's, you know, you, you see the same people at each competition. Mm -hmm. So you're friends with them and you're friends with them. You're rooming with them. You're driving with them. You're traveling in world with them. And so really it's, it's very social. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you focus for your event and you do your thing. You're rooting each other on. Yes. You want to do well yourself, but you're also rooting your friends on. So it's very, supportive and friendly um it's you know when you're done you go for a run and then you go get lunch and you keep going on you don't it's it's nice to have that camaraderie because then if something does go wrong you don't dwell on it you get Mm -hmm. out of your head and, and can kind of refocus the next day um 
if you've broken some sort of equipment, there are friends who will loan it to you. Um, oh, that's nice. so, so yeah, I just felt like it was really a family and a supported event from the volunteers who were always the same, oftentimes people's parents who were so good at what they did and gave up so much of their time to stand in freezing temperatures sometimes or boiling temperatures at other times. And it just, everybody wanted everybody to do well. That's awesome. So the best part of the Olympics for me, I feel, other than of course, some of the events is the opening ceremonies. They're just so cool to see, you know, the different countries represented and the home country representing itself too. And what was it like for you to be a part of that for the U.S. team? So you're only given a certain number of tickets for your athletes to walk. Um, and, you're, and then you're also given tickets for family members or staff to stay in the stadium. Shooting is one of the earliest events in the Olympics. In fact, women's air rifle, which was not my event, um, was the, is the first medal given at the oh, wow. Summer Olympics. So it's hard to, to walk because like in, for instance, in 96, I did walk in the opening ceremonies. We got on buses at three o'clock in the afternoon, sat in the old Fulton County Stadium. Um, they gave us a box dinner, a couple bottles of water, but you don't get to see much of it until you walk in. Mm -hmm. um, and then walking in is pretty phenomenal. You get to see a lot of the athletes that even I think are famous. You know, I, my opening ceremonies jacket is signed by Scotty Pippen. Wow. Um, yeah. So I got to stand right next to him, you know, half his height and <laughs> But it was, that was really interesting, but you don't get back to the dorms or to the village until really late. And then being a shooter and being aware that my friend had her event the very next morning, I wanted to be quiet and that kind of right. thing. Um, in Sydney, I sat in the stands because I had caught the village crud and I had more or less the flu. So I just went to the opening ceremonies and sat in the stands. And I have to say that was actually more my speed. Um, yeah. It didn't wear me out as much. It, I was able to escape a little bit earlier from the stands than I was from the field. So I got back to bed earlier so I could get up and train the next day. Um, but yeah, different athletes do, do it differently. And, you know, I, if I had to do it again, I would again, sit in the stands. I much preferred that as opposed to walking. It was just, it was exhausting. And it, Part of that exhaustion was the exhilaration and the excitement. Oh, I'm sure the excitement was just building for sure. So what was it like getting to stand next to Scottie Pippen? I mean, he's a star in and of himself. Yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah, the 96 dream team did walk in and we had to stand around. So we were in the center of the track that, and um, other countries were still walking in because we were the host country. And mm -hmm. so we kind of had to stand along the track to see anybody. And, you know, we just got to stand next to these guys. Like they were other Olympians that right. you'd see every day. 
I mean, they kind of played it off as they were no big deal, even though some of us thought they were a big deal. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. For sure. So have you been to any Olympics since your Olympics to, you know, view it as a spectator? I have not. No, I, um, I, yeah, I went to the 96 and the 2000 games, but as an Olympian through the village, when there are extra tickets for events, you just go to your country's, I don't know, hub office. I don't know what it was called. Um, and you could sign up for these tickets. So, oh, that's cool. yeah, so I got to see, so shooting is one of the first events, you know, I'm done in the first four days. And then I have two weeks of Olympic games to partake and, and watch like a spectator. So I would get tickets and I would go to the events. I've been to water polo, synchronized swimming, um, volleyball, basketball, you know, whatever ticket was available, I would just take it and go to that event. And with your Olympic credentials, you could get in when you had a ticket and get really nice seats, actually. Oh, that's so cool to hear. I didn't know they had that. That's cool. Yeah. I don't know that they do now with COVID. I think it's much different now. But yeah. And, you know, to me, watching other shooting events, because I'm cheering on my friends or, or my countrymen, was was exciting also so if I knew especially rifle shooters if I knew that when they were competing because the men's events come after the women's events Mm -hmm. um then you just hop on the shooting bus out of the village to the venue and you can still wander around and do whatever you want to do at that venue if it's your venue oh that's cool so a lot of Olympians that I've listened to have interviews and stuff say the Olympic village is a really fun place. What is it like from an Olympian standpoint? Like a college dorm. In fact, in 96, we stayed at the Georgia Tech dorms. That was the Olympic village, was the Georgia Tech campus. But the village has, you know, a bowling alley and a movie theater and a spa and satellite dining halls and a main dining hall. And you get to you know, again, when you compete at that level, you have so many friends, both American and from around the world, and you just get to hang out with them. And oftentimes your schedules match up because you're competing in the same events. So you can go have dinner with them or something. And as an Olympian, it's good and bad. Your credentials usually somehow get you on to mass transit of some sort. So in Atlanta, it was MARTA, their subway system. In Sydney, it was buses. And you can go anywhere in town for free. Oh, wow. And so there are also satellite, like friends and family village, kind of where AT&T is a big sponsor. And they'll have kind of a communications hub for friends and family that has computer terminals and phones that you can use. And then they'll also have free meals or free drinks, that kind of thing. So you can get in there as an athlete to meet your friends and family if they've come with you or to snag a free meal. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Always take free food, right? (laughs) Yeah, you can go, you know, and be a tourist in the city as well because the cities are always putting on their best 
right. or when they're hosting an Olympics. So, you know, you can go to the Sydney Zoo or climb the Sydney Bridge, go to the tour the Opera House, that kind of thing. I went to the Margaret Mitchell House in uh, Atlanta and, you know, did, went to the Coca-Cola and CNN complex and all of that there in the underground. Oh, so cool. you can be a tourist in the city as well, more or less. If you're an Olympian, more or less while the Olympics are going on, everything is free. That's really cool to hear. Yeah. So with all the World Cup events, all the Olympics that you've been to, what has been your favorite city that you've been able to visit? I loved Stavanger, Norway. And I don't know if it was because it was my first world championship. And it was actually, I was a junior at the time. Um, and I made, I shot air rifle, which again, was not my Olympic event, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I loved Stavanger, Norway. And I also love Munich, Germany. And that's really kind of the hub of shooting, of rifle shooting in the world. Most of our equipment is German. Um, The Munich range, which actually is the Munich Olympic range, Um, is still what they use. Of course, it's been improved and everything, but really any beer garden in Germany has a range attached to it. It is a national sport there, whereas we are lucky to get five or 600 competitors for our U.S. national championships between rifle, pistol, and shotgun. They turn people away from their rifle championships at 100,000. It takes the entire month of August for them to compete in the European in the German national championship wow that is amazing (laughs) yeah so it's it's really a well-known event and you know it's the only other country I was ever able to carry my guns back and forth to the hotel in most countries you're met at the airport and they take your firearm to the venue and then you have to go check it out every day and check it back in Whereas in Germany, you just keep them with you, walk around. Huh. Interesting. And again, that was all pre 9-11 and all of that. So things have changed a lot, but Germany is still the hub of the shooting world. The, um, so for each season of World Cups, you have a World Cup final. And unlike skiing, where you earn points throughout the season by your World Cup finishes, the World Cup final is a competition in itself. And by finishing and earning medals in the other World Cups, you qualify for the World Cup final and they take the top eight. Mm. And that is, it used to be held in different locations, but for probably the last 20 years, it is consistently being held in Munich because they put on such a phenomenal, a phenomenal event. Oh, that's cool to hear that there's such, there's a hub for it, basically, yeah. and it doesn't move around. That's cool. Yeah. So if you had anything for someone that wants to start shooting and wants to hopefully get to the Olympics one day, what would you say to them? Go for it. Shooting is a unique sport in that anybody can do it. It does not matter if you are short or tall, if you're fit. I mean, being fit helps, but it is not a a requirement to make you stronger, faster, jump farther. Um, it is, if you have an opportunity to get into shooting, 
anybody that you talk to at a junior range or a local club will help you along the way. Uh, it's very supportive. They will, most junior clubs have loaner equipment that you can start with. And it paid for my college. It paid for me to travel the world. Um, you know, I got 20 plus years of free t-shirts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, it was an opportunity that has helped me throughout my life. If you are a dedicated, patient, hardworking person, you can be a rifle. You can be a shooter of any type. I have poor vision, but it's corrected. I'm still was able to compete. It is not only an Olympic sport, it is a Paralympic sport. Um, so we've actually had, we had a junior shooter who had a rock climbing accident and he broke his back. He transitioned from rifle shooting into Paralympic rifle shooting. Um, in fact, an 88 Olympian uh, silver medalist is the coach of the Paralympic team, Bob Foth. Oh, that's so cool. It's so cool to see the Paralympics getting bigger. Yes. Yeah. And they, they compete and train in the same facilities, um, you know, have much the same structure because you don't just, you have to qualify and the country has to qualify to go to the Olympics. It's not like every country just gets to go. You have to prove that you are worth it to be there. Each right. athlete does as well as each sport in each country. Um, so it's a long process, but the whole shooting community will back you no matter who you are, no matter what your other strengths are, and they will help you be as successful as you can be. Oh, that's so cool to hear. So just a fun question here to end it. If you were to, if you were able to be an Olympian in any other sport, what would it be? Ski jump. I would absolutely do that ski jump where you go 90 miles an hour and you jump a hundred or more feet and you fly for a time. I would yeah. absolutely do that. It's crazy. You have to have no fear of losing your life. If you're doing that, like, I know. And I've seen the agony of defeat where they crash and all of that. I don't care. I would absolutely do that if I could. Oh, that's awesome for sure. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I've watched it too. And it's like, how are they even doing this? How are they going so fast? One, but yeah. they're jumping as far as they do. It's like crazy. And landing. Yeah. And landing. And landing. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I would, I would, I would love to even just without technique or anything, just, you know, I ski having grown up in Bozeman and I would love to just go and like peer off the end of that ramp. Mm -hmm. Maybe that would change my mind, but. Probably. <laughs> well, hey, Jean, thank you so much for your time today. It's been awesome to talk to you and get you on here and it's just been great. Well, thank you, Mitch, and have a great time. Enjoy the Winter Olympics. Yes, will do.